0: Good news, everybody. I'm sure you've all seen by now the official release date for X-Men 97 has been announced, March 20th on Disney Plus. We recorded today's episode before that announcement, so that's why I'm mentioning it now. But we'll keep chugging along with Evolution until that show starts. But stay tuned for our announcements on these next few episodes for our plans for 97. We can't wait to get started. We've literally been waiting two years for this. Anyway,
1: here's today's episode. So regardless of what I told Rod in text message, he's hosting this episode. My bad. Go, Rod. (laughs) It's
0: all good. Welcome to X-Men Evolution. I'm already great. Okay. Welcome
1: to (laughs) X-Men Evolution episode 30. I was reading that and like, did I say the right thing? You said everything right. (laughs) I'm so insecure. I just messed up this entire finale (laughs) recording session. So it's okay.
0: Of Cyclops is waiting for me in X-Men animated recap podcast. I'm Rod. I'm generally confused, so that's not special to this. And I enjoy X-Men stuff, including this finale. I've been en- enjoying a lot more than I expected.
1: And I'm JC, and by the time this goes live, I believe the following Sunday, I will be back to active live streaming on Sunday nights. Basically, I've committed to starting the week after the Super Bowl. I, at one point, will be doing my final unboxing of MetaZoo cards, which... Ooh. Rod knows I love MetaZoo. The company went out of business.
0: Oh, no. Yes. Is that good as far as collectability or like?
1: Not like according you're... to people on the internet who are very, very mad at the team at MetaZoo.
0: Oh, I mean, I guess I could imagine that if you invested a lot into it.
1: Luckily, what I've been doing is mostly just been for fun, not looking to do resale and stuff like that. And I never got into like that whole graded cards that are slabbed, like meaning they have like, you know, the grade and they're in hard plastic cases that can't be opened those people are very pissed
0: i can imagine you know what's so funny i only know about the slabs and the grading and stuff because our mutual friend nathan kessel because yep. he had never been to Frank and Sons before and i took him and he's an avid pokemon card collector and he brought a stack of cards i don't know if he ever posted it nathan if you haven't this is your pressure to post it where he swapped he's he traded up yeah and he spent the whole day trading up and wheeling and dealing his way around and stuff. And he was, you know, explaining to me like he, there was like a super rare card he found. And he like got to look at. It, and He was like, "Look, Rod, the print is like a quarter of a millimeter off. Like this is worthless." And I was like, "I don't know anything about this. When I was a kid, these things were like we were they're bookmarks, you know, <laughs> and we play with them in the schoolyard. In fact, it, we didn't know how big this was going to continue to get." and so if you had a time machine and watched how we handled the cards we had every day you would probably scream because i probably at one point had a mint condition pikachu or whatever the most you know like valuable charizard card is. Char- charizard, is charizard is
1: first edition charizard is still the the grail card from the regular publicly available sets. How did Charizard become the most- It was also story. playably one of the best ones. Oh, okay. So, okay. We don't have to get yep. here. We are an X-Men podcast. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast. We're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode we can find, along with some bonus episodes like the Lego build that we've done. Our first series started with the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, which was building up to the release of X-Men 97, which we thought was coming to Disney Plus last year. As of today, at the time of this recording, which may be different because this one's about three weeks before the episode goes live, the rumor is the Super Bowl trailer and end of March posting. Until I see it from an official source, I don't believe it. But until whenever 97 starts, we're filling in with other series like this one, X-Men Evolution. I will... Shit in my
0: pants if there's an X Men '97 trailer during the Super Bowl, right?
1: Like, like I believe Deadpool. Deadpool makes mm-hmm. sense because that is a blockbuster movie with Ryan Reynolds. '97 mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl, I will get kicked out of whatever party I'm at
0: <laughs> because the marketing budget doesn't make sense for that. Or no. and that's the thing. Shitting my pants will not just be like out of like sheer surprise. It'll actually be kind of exciting, like out of excitement, because that will signal that. Disney saw something so amazing in that show that it would have been worth that ad space and money. I don't know. That's a whole other thing.
1: And that you can't control your battles is the other yeah, signature. of
0: I, mean, I, I am. Yep. I'm in my 40s now, so we're we're on that watch, nope. right?
1: Yep. <laughs> nope. we're, we're. It's all rolling downhill. <laughs> Some quick reminders: We're a recap show about
0: a series that started over 20 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We're currently not sponsored by or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus, or the Super Bowl in
1: any way. I had to do a quick double check from like work related <laughs> stuff. Yeah. No, no Super Bowl. Stuff this year. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Twitter, <laughs> which who knows Rod may actually be a fan of by this point, and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast services. Curious what has happened at this point in the future with all the people who are listening on Google Podcasts because I think Google Podcast was like our third most like sourced downloads so oh, really? hopefully that didn't fuck us
0: <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of the commercial super bowl that got me thinking too i Uh-oh. i'm not aware of any music that i've worked on being on the super bowl commercial mainly because if i see a commercial with music i worked on on there i'm gonna ask for a higher pay
1: rate after this cause oh yeah I didn't you, that. you 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 <laughs> literally get to say this is my new rate
0: yeah because that'd be a surprise to me too now onto the show today we're gonna be talking about season two episode 17 titled day of reckoning part two it also aired may 11th 2002 and currently sits at an 8.5 star rating on imdb i can get that there's a lot of action here
1: this is also like if you ever go on imdb and you look at an entire series they will tag some of them as top rated Mm -hmm. this had the top rated tag before you even click in for details of the episode I can
0: I can see that. This has a lot of like great fan service, meaning that in the best way possible. So it starts off and my very first note is for some reason, last time on X-Men Evolution doesn't sound right. I'm just used to hearing Cyclops saying previously,
1: just in that cadence. Completely on the same page with you. Like I was like, <laughs> this feels wrong. And that was
0: the quote unquote cold open. There wasn't like any new because obviously they just want to pick up from the moment they left our fake cliffhanger on the last episode. Which if you've forgotten because for you it's been a week unless you're binging these later then whatever it was sentinel holding wolverine getting ready to like squish him
1: and the flashbacks go as far back as the scarlet witch debut episode so it's two episodes worth of of previously on stuff included Mm -hmm.
0: i guess they want to remind us of like wanda's feud with magneto or something right maybe a little bit of the distrust with pietro this i think might be one of the bigger letdowns of the cliffhangers but i know we all at know they're not going to kill someone but this one there wasn't even like something clever it was just like disengaged termination yeah they just cancel it although it was for a clever reason because we know that wolverine has all his regenerative powers and stuff trask is basically like okay let's log all the problems with the sentinel blah blah and like let's go at it again so they're just going to use logan as like their control for testing the sentinel because it's gonna be the same mutants which powerful, is and reset
1: and you don't have to worry about what happens if he gets a little too aggressive and the sentinel like seriously injures him because they know he is like healing at this incredible pace
0: so that that part makes sense that that was clever it's just as far as like a cliffhanger thing like oh, okay so they're just like it's just the, the sentinel's just gonna give up <laughs> right back at the mansion jubilee making a r- rare cameo is yelling almost like Xavier or Cyclops and almost gets shot in the head, but Iceman saves her. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Iceman says that they have to shut down the computer. A reminder, the last episode, DEFCON 4 went into demolition mode with a 10 minute countdown. Also side note, the 10 minute countdown was a letdown. I thought that was gonna be like our like, you know, 24 with Kiefer Sutherland kind of thing. It it just has no bearing here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Bobby, Bobby makes the save with her and then Berserker comes in. And I guess Berserker's power is he shoots electricity. That's kind of how I I interpreted... Like, this was the first time I really saw his powers in action.
0: Yeah, I couldn't remember who that was. So that... Okay, so he was kind of, like, ambiguous. I mean, he has a name, but his powers are kind of ambiguous.
1: Right. Like, we knew there was something he did, but we did not have, like, hard details on it.
0: And Iceman says that they need to shut down the computer and meet in the planning room. So I guess he i don't know if it was planned for him to be like the next in line for leadership but he just kind of takes the helm at it which is clearly what these kids need
1: well he was kind of a little bit of a ringleader with their like whole like fuck around group and yeah. then oh, sam and sam's in sam is an idiot because he keeps concussing himself <laughs> this is not the most competent version of jubilee magma's gone who is probably the best one to be the leader of all of it jamie's a kid wolfsbane is super young too and sunspot is nowhere to be found
0: what if the reason we saw magma chasing after the x copter in the last episode was because like don't leave me alone with these idiots <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I i would believe it i would actually believe it because like, when when bobby is the best of the rest that's yeah. a bad sign
0: yeah so yeah he's, he kind of takes the leadership role there outside if you've forgotten cyclops has driven him magma and boom boom to their magical cliff waterfall behind the mansion and cyclops is trying to climb up the rocks apparently he's and not everything. doing a good job yeah, he's good at everything else except for rock climbing and like i think it was a boom boom that kind of gives him some flack and he's like listen it unless one of you has like recently de- developed telepathy then or telekinesis then like you try and then boom boom tries to blow up the wall yeah she's like, oh, ready to just explode
1: the entire thing
0: he's like well let's let's try to avoid the rock slide here and he tells magma to go for it and she melts through the wall which makes sense <laughs> You know.
1: But the big thing for Magma is this is the first time we've seen her powers in full effect because she literally goes like full on, like I'm molten rock. Like she's a little oh, yeah. bit like Johnny Storm, like Human Torch vibes right there. Whereas in the past we've only seen her throw like you know fiery magma at people. I hate I hate when their power and their yeah. fucking description of their power are the same words, Rod. <laughs>
0: yeah it's like what's your name guy shoots laser eyes that'd be my superpower we talked about that last episode i my name you whatever. were you were cyclops but without the laser eye right? yep i just have the name and was it boom boom that calls it the x cave i can't remember who, yes who said it was that and i was like i'm glad they're in on the joke too because we were just like x copter x jet x tv
1: well she not only calls it that but she obviously is like oh what do you guys call this the x cave yeah so it's 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 crystal clear in a mocking, like, snarky manner. It's not even, yeah. like, a nice way to approach it.
0: I so wish Cyclops would have looked back and been like, oh, mm, yeah, you know. Or if they just walked by a sign that said X-Cave, like, Sector 1 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would have shot her. Right? He's blasting you out the side. And he's like, we yeah, just to do
1: concussive through the wall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the elevator's broken, so they end up having to take the stairs. I guess now, in hindsight, that's probably to buy them time in the narrative of the episode right so they just don't like appear somewhere
1: and also i'm not gonna lie in the previous episode i was not crystal clear that this was actually the waterfall at the mansion at first because it's drawn differently it was drawn that it looked smaller And like I said, it felt like it was like by the cliffside, like beach shit. So there was something with the art style that it wasn't until this episode that it was really made clear to me that they were getting back in the mansion and not like, you know, you look at Wolverine or Nick Fury where they have all these like mini bases scattered throughout places like secondary operating spots. I thought that's what that was at first. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, it is inside the mansion yeah because also why would you call it the x cave if it's in the fucking mansion that's just called the basement
0: yeah and also the waterfalls under the mansion i just think about that they had to take flights of stairs man i the the drawing of this layout of the mansion and all the random the tennis court and the cave and the waterfall like this is gonna be insane
1: and it moves remember none of it's ever in the same fucking (laughs) spot every time rod
0: and while they're going through the I guess, mansion or parts of the X cave. They're like blowing through like turrets and like other self-defense systems.
1: And that's where we actually get the reveal of how much time is left on the clock. And it's, you know, starts at like 7.33 and we lose like three or four more seconds before we jump over to the next scene.
0: Yeah, and that, that's why I thought like this was going to be more, like the time was going to be more important and like create some of the excitement for the episode because we're going to see it countdown. but spoiler, not so nope. much. Then it cuts over to Xavier and Storm, in the X copter, i gonna get these right. And yep. they're
1: watching. Which is the velocity, not the X copter.
0: Yeah, the velocity. Which, why all of a sudden, <laughs> one of the things is all. I brand. don't know.
1: Like, like, uh, I didn't Xavier, write it.
0: Yeah. Xavier and Storm are watching Team Two with their dressing. And Storm is just like, I feel like I should be out there with them. And Xavier's like, No, we're nice and safe in here. We just send all the children out on the fly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he sends the kids to be surprised. Yeah. And I think and they Storm, know that people are there because they literally see the fucking magneto bubbles.
0: Yeah, I think Storm even says like you'll see some familiar looking orbs by the the dock or the pier or something. So Storm once again it's like like she said when Cyclops got left behind she just wants to have it on the record that she thinks it's a bad idea. She wants oh like I think we should take Cyclops okay, let's go do your thing and here she's like, I think I should be out there. okay, let's do your thing Yeah and then team three is on the other side of the warehouse area and stuff and i think that uh, i forgot to write down like exactly what's was in each team
1: so think, team three is toad with beast and kitty
0: okay yeah so i i had i thought it was more brotherhood so that makes sense and they don't find anything either it's like uh, kind of like those liminal spaces right where it's like kind of creepy how like are disturbingly like unoccupied right when you know that there are people there like you know like it's kind of and i mean liminal spaces is like when you pull in up to like a mall or something and you see cars in the parking lot but you walk in and there's nobody there yeah
1: there's within like your line of sight in every direction is just empty because it's yeah. a mall in 2024 <laughs> right so you see the other team where you have lance quicksilver blob and scarlet witch so that's basically the entirety of the brotherhood without toad which i feel like is kind of standard for the brotherhood at this point like he's there because he's also one of the bad kids but not because they actually want him to be a part of the team and quicksilver is acting a little suspect at this point like he he doesn't look like he's fully in on it like the rest of his his brotherhood teammates oh
0: interesting yeah, i didn't notice that right i guess i was just like just in action mode like this is all like third act battle stuff
1: there was something about the way that he was like like, leaning up against a wall or something like that where he just isn't as in. And that was, like, kind of the real formal tip-off for me that it's like, oh, yeah, he's... he's If there's going to be a traitor, it's going to be him. Mm -hmm. But this was like, oh, yeah, you start to to see the mask slip off on him a little bit. Gotcha. And we see that Nightcrawler is with the Bubbles, with the rest of... I'm assuming that's Team 1 which is him with Rogue, Gene, and Spike.
0: Yeah, and Nightcrawler confirms that the orbs are empty in the most hilarious way. Like, he teleports to each one, even though they're right next to each other. He's like,
1: Yes, he could have walked by them, but he decided to teleport individually, like, as on the edge of all of them for... I I don't even want to say showing off. It's not like he did anything impressive. He kind of... He Do went to the of. demon dimension for the brimstone dimension, right. you know? I
0: forgot that he's scared of that and he just did this anyway unnecessarily. Go quickly. Yeah.
1: Or they killed all the dinosaurs, one of the two.
0: There you go. It's partially because of the stance he had when he was perched over each orb, but also the teleportation. It just kind of gave me how I would the imagery of how I would imagine like my cat Lucy, if she were to explore something like that. She would just like teleport perch, teleport perch. It's unnecessary, but it's kind of cute. And they get to the Nightcrawler gets to the last orb. And this is a, such a cool reveal that we see a, a clearly charged playing card slowly float down. Yeah, it was an ace of clubs. We know what that is and who that is, but the kids are, like, confused because they're like, where did that come from and why is it glowing? And, and then
1: Jean spots it, and she's like, oh, my God, run. Like, yeah. she has the moment of realization.
0: Yeah, she's like, that's that's not right in, the, in a worse way than we had imagined. They run, it explodes, in big action, you know, escape explosion at that point quicksilver runs the opposite direction wanda yells that it's a trap we don't see magneto but we see the metal buildings all being pulled apart like the bolts come out and the panels undo and like reveal the the villain team and that the imagery Gave me similar in- it, like imagery that like the X Men movies did when they would do sequences like that, you know, like panels moving out. Maybe it wasn't on. Purpose, it was. But I it was very.
1: It was. it was very Days of Future Past, which this came out like a more than a decade before Days, of, Days mm-hmm. of Future Past. But it was just the scale of how much is being shredded and ripped apart and rearranged by Magneto's powers, including like all this heavy shit on the ground is like getting like ripped up and torn out and stuff like that. It was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then the reveal of—I think it was a silo that all the the acolytes—is that what they called them? Were in? Yep. And they're they're posed and ready for their action shot. It was like the villain equivalent of what it... an album um, cover, album cover, or when Elena from Black Widow, when she was making fun of Natasha. The oh, Natasha! Lands, yeah, the way yeah, she yeah. lands in Superhero It's like the villain version of that because they were all like standing, like ready for like a yeah, like a photo or something. But it was still yeah. cool. It's also for me, it's kind of cool or different to see Gambit and Colossus in that villain group. Like, I'm guessing that that's probably happened before in one of the comic iterations, but I haven't really
1: seen it that much. Gambit has literally been Apocalypse's death. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah, a thing. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Nope. Storm
0: arrives to save the kids and there's like a bunch of fighting here so i've like kind of like scattered notes about this beast yeah. is fighting saber which is a good matchup i don't know if more happens but i see that wanda is like scoping out all the buildings and she notices magneto in the distance
1: yeah the only stuff that really stood out is you get a pairing of pyro and spike storm very enthusiastically zaps pyro which kind of takes him out of the fight it kind of shows like He has the least value to this battle that's going on, at least from the Acolyte side of things. And then Beast and Sabretooth kind of, like, fight some more. And it's it's really cool fight choreo. It's one of those things that just doesn't do justice on a podcast scenario. Mm -hmm. But Wanda is not engaging, and she's just looking around because she knows something is up.
0: And she scopes. I didn't see Magneto at that time, but she saw something, and I didn't catch what she, like, focused on. Uh, But yeah, she's looking at the skylines around her and stuff.
1: I don't think she saw him. I think I think that was she was like staring intently at the skyline to try to find him because we also didn't get that building that he's revealed in a few minutes on at that point. So so I didn't miss it. No, I don't think you missed it. If if you missed it, I also missed it. And I was like pretty intently paying attention to it. Then back at the mansion,
0: Iceman is at the computer that was is on demolition mode now he can't with one
1: run. minute left at that point
0: yeah which that now is my point of like none of that time meant anything well it kind of but like i thought it was going to be a heavier part of the episode and then the kids are like well what do we do and he doesn't know but cyclops shows up just in time with magma and boom boom and right
1: then, as berserker is going to be a stereotypical guy from the show <laughs> and wants to blow it up
0: yeah and the cyclops kind of doesn't have a better answer either like he looks up at it i don't know if i missed what he saw but he's like who did this and then he's like i know and i I was not sure either yeah like i I, confirmation code or something i don't know
1: yeah there was something that he must have seen that is like was was off camera that he knows who could have done that
0: yeah and so someone yells, like, we got to get out of here. And he's like, there's 16 fucking seconds left or something, you know, on this. Thing. We like we yeah. don't have any time. And they're like, well, what do you do? And then he paused. I thought that there was going to be, like, this moment where, like, Xavier's disembodied head floats in. He's like, you won't have time, you know, <laughs> to decide.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, so they they run off-camera, we don't see where they go, but then the mansion gets dismantled worse than anything in in X-Men the animated series. Like this thing gets fucking leveled.
0: Yeah, there's like beams coming out of every window. It's good to know that that tradition carries on in this show, the the mansion gets
1: destroyed. (laughs) They didn't carry on the skylight tradition, but they sure as hell carried on the mansion destruction tradition.
0: Kudos to them. I think that's about as edgy as you could probably get on a kid's show, right? Because it kind of implies that kids died in an explosion, yeah. But so you know, obviously, they didn't show anything like anybody be eviscerated, but they showed them leaving with like 10 seconds or less than 10 seconds on the clock, it would not be able to make very much distance. And then a very violent explosion, and, uh,
1: and they have no teleporters either,
0: yeah. It doesn't give you any obvious answers about where they went, besides maybe 10 feet down the hall or something. The computer explodes, yeah. The mansion goes up with it. Then we cut over to the Trask's facility, and they're basically, like, running Logan's vitals, and I'm assuming maybe trying to do some stuff to get him to, like, regenerate a little bit more quickly or something. I don't know. It's just general, like, medical stuff that's happening with
1: Yeah, him. and they're, like, they're showing, like, his blood pressure, which was 67 BPM, which is that good. Resting heart rate is between 60 and 100 beats per minute, so I guess he was in good oh. shape. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> so funny not funny well funny now not funny then when I was sick over the holidays the second night because I slept for two days straight with the first two to get over everything one time I woke up in the middle of the night because my Apple watch which I usually take off before I go to bed but because I was passed out and sick I just left it on like woke me up because it said I needed to go to the hospital because my resting heart rate was over 120 Jesus Rod and I probably would have done something about it except I just passed out (laughs) and then woke up the next day have so, you talked
1: to a doctor since then?
0: Well, the thing is you I went and looked because you know, it keeps track of everything on your phone. Everything right. has been normal since I got better. Those first 2 days though, like my that and specifically that one night, whatever my body was fighting, it was like working through it. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, anyway, okay. That was my the reason that I brought, came to mind because
1: your That's heart rate like,
0: was double Wolverine's e, that. Yeah. And it gave me it, that kind of gives me like a scope of like, what is bad and what yeah. is better? You know, <laughs> it's like 120 while you're sleeping. Not great. So they're running all the stuff on Wolverine getting ready for like the next test. They like are able to repair that Sentinel really quickly. or I guess they have another one maybe or something or whatever adjustments they were making on the Sentinel from the previous interaction. I don't think it got fucked up that bad, honestly. It got stabbed, though, right? Well, yeah. it wasn't even the it wasn't even get fucked up. It's just that you know, trash said like take these notes and like adjust them, right? And it's just wild to me because like how large and complex the Sentinel is or must be. I don't know for a fact. Would have to like reset like a mic in recording, it takes longer than what it looked like in this episode.
1: (laughs) Maybe the parts are just like super interchangeable. Like, cool, the arm is fucked up. Here's new arm, and it just plugs in and auto configures. (laughs) They notice that Wolverine has these crazy regenerative powers, which I guess they weren't as aware. They probably just thought him as the claw guy. They see the footage of like the X Men and the Acolytes fighting, they're like, Let's fucking go, boys.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so that was when it was clear to me, like, okay, so these teams aren't working together. I know there have been clues throughout the whole right. both episodes but for me i was like of going back and forth of like is there some sort of deeper plan here there was not the one i thought but this was right like, okay so trash doesn't know like he for because the suspicion i had was like was there like some sort of backdoor deal of like magneto distracting the x-men so that this thing could happen down there but that wasn't the case he just got super lucky to your point he was like <laughs> oh man we got all of them here see yeah, i let's do it I,
1: I got a little bit of a vibe that magneto picked the location because he knew about trask and yeah. i that's why i also think like i alluded to in the previous episode the informant is somebody tied to magneto possibly quicksilver who's feeding the like this agency group information
0: oh okay yeah yeah so he's, he's like triple agenting i did that last time not dou- double crossing
1: triple crossing is, is like, it a triple cross because if he's not telling him who he is then it's not really a cross it's just yeah, kind of like yeah. planting misinformation so yeah they
0: like, well, as we mentioned before the sentinels are like back online uh, and so trask is like yeah let's let's send them out and, and test them on a variety of mutant powers this was interesting so outside all the x-men are still fighting rogue turns a corner, i got notes on this scene <laughs> runs into gambit of sexual tension well
1: so clear sexual it's, tension it's rogue and fuckboy boy gambit here there yeah, is yeah. no other way to describe the interaction on them because he pulls out a card and then they start eye fucking each other
0: yeah it's how like a like, 2000s boy band member would like seduce a girl in a music video
1: that's why I hate this design because <laughs> his facial hair looks like fucking Chris Kirkpatrick oh there you go <laughs> And I want to say by this point, Chris Kirkpatrick had cut his hair so it was shorter, so it looked even more like him.
0: That's so funny. Yeah, but it just had that whole, like, shh, don't say anything, girl, you know, like that vibe. But, like, I guess we're assuming that Gambit and maybe even Colossus and stuff are as young as the X-Men, I'm
1: hoping. I'm hoping.
0: Because when, in the context of the other Acolytes, my first impression was they were all older like not as old as Magneto clearly but like maybe Storm's age or something
1: like and Sabretooth is probably close in age to Wolverine. Beast and Storm oh, uh, not Wolverine I, th- yeah. I think I oh, think he's younger Wolverine. at least based okay. on the contact clues right now so
0: if that was the case that seems a little creepy or a lot creepy but I'm I'm gonna say that for my own sake that they're about the same age and he was like you said just being a fuckboy and and she kind of falls for it because she's just like
1: hypnotized. And they almost kiss. Like there's yeah. like a moment where I thought they were gonna fucking lean in.
0: I, me too. And I thought that was gonna be like Gambit's
1: mess up. Yeah, because he would get drained right before Rogue. I think starts taking her glove off too before she she had her already. glove off and she was ready to 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 touch somebody. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, that's not <laughs> this week. <laughs> 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 okay found it uh, 33 minutes fuck okay, right. the clip i,
1: I will definitely yeah. be looking for an image
0: appropriate for this so yeah so she so he hands her
1: a charged card and i believe she, it's a it's a queen of hearts I, okay oh or it's, it was a it was definitely a yeah. queen and he just
0: walks away slowly she's still kind of hypnotized
1: and then she realizes it's fully fucking charged
0: she's like oh fuck and so she tosses it blows up some crates or whatever but clearly that was an homage to like the romance they normally or the tension they normally have because we haven't ever seen Gambit before this and, and we don't know his context his age or anything and so just like kind of a little bit unsettling to begin with but if we like don't assume the worst it's just like a fun little like nod to Rogue and Gambit. Otherwise, Colossus is fighting yep. Toad, which I thought was a really interesting matchup because like Sabertooth, Beast, Gambit, Rogue. <laughs> yeah. I don't Sorry. know if Toad has always it. been animated this way. This is the first time I noticed it. His eyes are like super bloodshot. And so like, I guess yeah. he's just the stoner. They're
1: usually like yellowish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this one he had like, I think his, his iris, the center. I haven't been to school in a while. It was like red, or, like pinkish <laughs> or whatever and stuff. And yeah, and yellow. And, and things like, oh, he's the yeah, okay, he's the stoner of the group.
1: That tracks. He basically has permanent pink eye and stoner eye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That applies so much.
1: I mean, that one shower a month ain't cutting it, so. Right. The part that I thought was interesting is, especially coming off of our recent Pride of the X-Men bonus episode that we did, it's so funny to see Colossus and Toad also kind of, like, swapping sides and fighting each other, whereas, like, you know, you're used to seeing Colossus fight the big, strong characters. Instead, yeah. he's fighting literally the weakest one while as yeah. a bad guy.
0: Yeah, as a bad guy. And then Toad is,
1: you know... Actually doing his a head. decent job, too.
0: Yeah, because I guess that makes sense because he's, like, small and, you know, kind of being able to evade, like, a large, slow, bulkier Colossus.
1: Yeah, he's wiry.
0: But then... The part that does make sense happens and Blob tags in. I'm like, okay, this matchup makes sense.
1: And then you get definitely a double entendre where it's like, oh, look, it's the big one. Let's compare. I didn't catch that. That's hilarious. So I don't think he said big one. I think he said strong one or something like that. But he absolutely said, let's compare.
0: So then we see Kitty uh, phase through the wall to grab Colossus. I thought she was going to do it and take him halfway through the wall.
1: And then stop. just become a stone-cold murderer
0: yeah well i thought like maybe they were gonna play something where like he's metal so he like it stops him but it doesn't kill him or something but i I, I was like let's go for the horror man let's go for the because we already saw kitty you know when she first got recruited like you know halfway through the well and then in the the, in the halfway through
1: in the hex factor episode she also stops halfway through a phase because of scarlet witch's power so Unfortunately, she does not decide to kill him that way. They try to take a note from Storm from X-Men 92 say. and they have Avalanche drop a building on him essentially.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the thing is it's the if you demolish a building, it's not murder if you don't, you know, then directly. Pretty sure it's still murder. And Sabretooth and Beast are still fighting and Rogue jumps in cuz Beast gets knocked out, takes a bit of his power. I I know we're not Ac- supposed to think about those.
1: acrobatics acrobatics yeah. are the power
0: right oh yeah, okay there you go yep so, uh, so that maybe answers a little bit more of a question with the cerebro thing with angel and flying and beast powers and stuff so I that's guess what she took it because she didn't turn furry even right a little bit
1: because we've we've seen what happens with other <laughs> version of rogue but yeah she just literally gets his acrobatic stuff so it's it kind of implies at least in this iteration of the character that the experiment caused him to go blue, but that's not actually his mutation. That's just his scientific fuck-up.
0: That's a, that's a fun phrase, scientific fuck-up. There's been, it's been a few of those.
1: <laughs> AKA science.
0: Yeah. And so I know we're not supposed to worry or think about this, but just, you know, 40-some-odd-year-old Rod, when Rogue goes ahead and, like, takes some of the Beast's powers, we know that she takes memories with them, and that's someone you know. Like, I know he's she's saving his life, but, like, that's got some wild implications for the future where she has
1: a subsect of his secrets. I still think it's worse when she took Cyclops' powers because he's a teenage boy. And maybe has the hots for her. Yep. Because that's what I'm could, saying.
0: Because they've made that clear because she, you know, had Magneto's memories to be able to track him down. So like there's a lot there.
1: And they did so, the whole her speaking through Jean and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So
0: Rogue has seen some shit, man. Wild. So it's the goth girl, man she's nope. seen everything
1: so that's she, why she's the goth girl Yeah,
0: so she she takes out saber tooth and she has the last kick i think i was gonna say punch but i think she literally kicks him what's that what's it called it's a, it's a wrestling move right where it's like two feet drop kick drop is it a drop kick okay it yep. looks like the drop kick some version of that
1: yeah it was a and missile then, drop kick yeah
0: <laughs> nice yep. and then wanda this time does see magneto very tiny so i had to i had to like squint a little he's with pietro and i was like ah okay Okay, this makes sense now. And she is fucking pissed. Yeah. So you caught on to it earlier. I noticed when Wanda noticed. (laughs) Like, oh, Pietro's out there. So she just has full on flashbacks of every terrible thing that Magneto had done to her. And then she starts going ham on the city. And to Stephen Gordon's credit, this was very similar to how we see Wanda in the MCU, like floating and just stuff kind of just reacting to her presence.
1: Right. Yeah. And and I think we talked about this in her debut episode. This version of Wanda is different than how Wanda is usually portrayed in the comics, where she was the more level-headed one and Pietro was the hothead. This, she is just like unleashed version of Scarlet Witch. Storm
0: starts following Wanda. I I thought it was further than it was until Storm literally turns around and the rest of the X-Men are five feet behind her. And she's like, it's Magneto.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was just kind of <laughs> creative framing. Yeah. They Magneto. they basically get to the center area of that, like that pier, like kind of where everybody was, you know, not to use arena again, but that's kind of what it was. It was kind of like the the gladiator coliseum of everything's happening in the center there.
0: Yeah. And once they're all there, Magneto collapses that whole, the ground in that area. It actually was very reminiscent of, do you remember the movie, This is the End? Yes.
1: I know yeah. the spot you're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the, the beginning where, where Rihanna dies. Yes, yeah. and, and and in this case, Rihanna is Wanda, and this was probably the stone coldest thing Magneto's done so far. Wanda's the only one to kind of reemerge, and yeah, she's the only one that had a grip to to hold on. And then Magneto kind of just yeets her away with whatever yeah. she gripped on.
1: Yeah, there's like one rock that must have enough metal inside that sure. that stone that he's just like you know basically flicks it off. It's fucking Scar and Mufasa, basically, right. but so from a distance. F-
0: yeah, and since she falls into oblivion, we don't know where that is just yet. Also, this facility, the Trask cast, much shallower than I thought. The way they took that elevator down, it felt like it was like Umbrella Corporation, Resident Evil, you know, in that first movie where they go down to the the, the facility and stuff. We see a little bit later that they actually just fell into like where Trask and Sentinels and Wolverine were.
1: Yeah, I um, think that's probably one of those creative concessions that it was like, <laughs> it's a deep fucking hole, but like not you know 17 stories deep kind of scenario yeah because then they would have all died right yeah
0: and so when they all land down there that's contrast Is like everything's working out perfectly and so he sends the sentinels in
1: at first when it's like hey everybody get ready and there's alarms going off i actually didn't realize that they landed in his base
0: oh okay i it was outside i didn't know it was like (laughs) directly over the center like that
1: yeah, but it, they, they kind of gave like one of those like very iconic, like charging calls of like time for them to face the future. So I thought that was kind of a cool moment too. And then you get that yeah. that full reveal that they are actually just in that basement of the Trask force, which I know that's not what they are called, but I don't have a better name for them right now
0: trask force is a nice pun from you
1: i know and i hate it rod like you so- you saw me wince as those words yeah. came out of my face everybody's like pretty freaked out and storm is like nobody move and then trask is like nobody everybody hold your fire it's okay and then nightcrawler is like are those footsteps because we start to hear the big clanging noises to imply the sentinels on its way
2: which also the love.
1: kids obviously don't know about yet
0: yeah I also love Toad's comment here because when Storm's like, nobody move, and Toad's like, who wants to move?
1: Yeah, <laughs> They just fell down a hole. <laughs> I I hate that Toad is the most relatable character right now. Right. he's Because he's saying everything I would be saying in that scenario.
0: <laughs> then we see that Pietro had been scoping out the hole or the gorge or whatever, and he runs back to the building and reports back to Magneto. And then Magneto scoops up his acolytes in the orbs Away to some unknown <laughs> off screen safety. Right. And says Well the that,
1: the part that was the part that was interesting there was Pietro says, yeah, they, you know, release the, the Sentinel, and Magneto goes, like I knew he would, which that makes me think it was never a deal with him, yeah, and yeah. that was him just kind of like puppet mastering Trask without Trask being aware of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was super clear to me too at this point. And then Magneto says now the whole world will know about them. I was like, "Oh shit, that's a good way to end this season." And they're going to do the big reveal finally without any tricks or mind wipes and stuff. And then he lifts the entire platform essentially of like what they fell yeah. down. So I guess nothing crumbled when they fell down. It yeah. just like kind of went down to one large piece. So he like relifts the entire kind of like makeshift platform up to the surface so this X-Men Brotherhood fight against the Sentinel is in full open view during daylight i think i was trying to think back i was like besides the times everybody got mind wiped weren't there other fights and i guess the mall was at night and so the mall was at
1: night nobody out. was there so mm-hmm. maybe it's like that old school security camera footage where it's not getting saved to cloud hard drives so yeah. all all you have to do is fuck up the security hard drives and you know yeah. you have no footage you know
0: also back in like the 2000s it, for the movie tropes there was never security footage like or like at least at least archived it was like always like live cctv or something right
1: or movies. it would be a tape that is like you only looked at it the next morning like that was it it was just literally like cool here's our eight vhs's and yeah. just keep recording over him like we're saban can't wait Fight. to one day ask him to be on the show and he's just gonna be like go fuck yourself Right. hopefully he saw the video i did with
0: ron because ron did not hold back on his opening statement. <laughs>
1: no. No, he did not.
0: Oh, did you see? I don't know if you saw so the one rare time that I chimed in on that X-Men anime series Facebook group is someone mentioned like they put a picture of Ron up. That's what originally like caught my attention. And they were like, there's this great YouTube documentary about Ron doing the music for X-Men. And he starts describing it. I was like, was that the one on NerdSync? And he was like, yeah, I was like, I wrote that script. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not see you post that, but that's fucking great. I was like, that's the one from Nerds. Because he was saying stuff. And I was like, I know Ron tells the story a lot, but there's a couple things that just rang specifically to our video. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm in that video. And I wrote the script for it. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Trask is pretty shocked about what's going on. He's like, well, this was not what I expected to happen. Yeah. So I, I didn't
0: put together that he still wanted to keep it concealed. So he was eventually going to lure the mutants down to his base and then right. do it. But everything yeah. kind of got you know messed up.
1: So the fight starts happening in the wide open. And then the thing that only people from the the Northeast will give a shit about, they're specifically mentioning traffic on I-95, which is the accurate highway that goes from like New Hampshire or Maine down to Florida. And we all hate it because it's always it's oh, it's the yeah, East Coast equivalent of the 405.
0: I remember that in Delaware, too, I think. It goes through delaware as well
1: i mean it goes 95. through everything on the coast so yeah
0: then another like kind of i know they're still around but another like 90s 2000s trope is the the traffic copter reporting back on like i guess i don't know rush hour traffic and right
1: Is basically like, like, like nothing's happening they're like you should turn and look at yeah. the other side of us right now
0: this way and yeah, so they see essentially a big like neck battle
1: yeah know, like, and <laughs> i mean the and, the, and the guy because remember We've talked about this in the past, but this is further proof. Nobody has ever seen this kind of shit widely. The few people who have seen it haven't been able to get anybody probably to believe them, even though security guards from the mindbender episode and stuff like that. And he's like, the whole world is gonna want to see this. Like, this is the equivalent of catching like a landing in, you know, Times Square of a UFO.
0: So Yeah. And I th- another, I guess, another important thing that they made sure to specify that because it was a traffic cam, it was already live broadcasting.
1: Right, it was broadcasting probably to their local station, and then they mm-hmm. basically he, the reporter says something of like, make sure to get this to the network yeah. because that's the kind of scenario where it's like, cool. If you're ABC, you could basically send somebody this footage nationwide all at once. So yeah. it's it it is impossible to put Pandora back in the box. So yeah. And I said that metaphor wrong. I just want to point out. I realize okay. I fucked that up. Put Pandora up. back. I mean, she can go in the box afterwards. Why she fucked it up? It's her box. It. Yeah, I know and I fucked it up, and I'm just acknowledging it. You don't need to give me the comments about yeah.
0: it. And so the the Sentinel fight with the the Brotherhood and the X Men have like worked their way onto the street, where yeah. it's just, like undeniable. There's like public, like within re- people died. That just hands down.
1: Yeah, like, people are happy. dead. So it it's able to actually take out Storm she lands right in front of spike and then spike actually like looks like he's starting to do damage because he hits that center piece of it and it kind of like wobbles it a little bit
0: yeah I, and my note here was like spike actually gets a good hit in he was kind of kind of like motivated by his aunt yeah getting hurt and I almost expected him to go into the when he was a villain mode you know like Maximum mode. The fight is on the streets and the world is watching. We're just seeing a montage of people home watching.
1: You also see people running away on the street too. So you know Mm -hmm. that there's pedestrians that are in the way and it's not the abandoned street scenario too.
0: Yeah. Which again, such a bold choice post 9 11, a New York street and people running the opposite directions. Most of the people listening remember that time, but there's I have to explain this to a lot of younger people all the time. There's such like very specific imagery of nine eleven, you know, footage right. and stuff of people running and things. It's just wild to, to think of like another New York, even animated scene where people like running away from a large threat in the city. So now very yep. reminiscent of that. As the world's watching though, that there's like this montage of different people at home watching stuff. There's probably more because we also
1: see we also see there are three copters above at that point too. So we know there's additional footage hitting it.
0: Oh, gotcha! Yeah, and there's probably more references. What I like that there was like a little funny little reference to Miss Cleo on someone's TV because they were like channel surfing. I you don't know if it's like directly her, but it's clearly supposed to be a reference to her because, especially because of the time, there's like yeah. a, a, a woman like doing the tarot cards and stuff or whatever she uses.
1: And that's Amanda, who is Nightcrawler's possibly girlfriend, who's the one <laughs> okay. who's channel flipping because we see Principal Kelly, we see Duncan, then. Karen. That's a great. Yeah. Petty moment. Seeing Jean on TV. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the final of the five people who are kind of our main five characters that are human that have been associated to everybody. Obviously Amanda knew the others did not, but it wraps up with Paul who was Cyclops, friend who was sitting next to him at the football game in the first episode, who's doing the whole, like I'm pouring milk, but I'm in so much shock that the milk glass is just overflowing into the kitchen. Oh, he didn't die during the class trip episode. No, this is proof that he is not yeah. dead nor is he Mystique anymore. So Paul <laughs> yeah. is alive.
0: Back on the actual street fight or whatever, the everyone's starting to show up like the cops are showing up and stuff. And just as the cops yep. arrive, they kind of go around Storm. She's still laying on the ground. She wakes up. And I don't know what the actual term is, but she just kind of goes nuclear. Almost like the Toad scene in the movies, but cooler. Or Yeah,
1: she just like, makes a lightning tornado.
0: Yeah, but she you could just see the way they animated her character specifically was like angry. Like she just had it.
1: I thought it was going well, to do damage than it really did. Because she saw that they had just gelled up both Blob and Spike, too. So she's probably freaked out because, you know, like... We saw Spike freaked out about seeing his aunt get knocked down. She's probably like, Oh, what are they doing to my nephew? I have to stop this thing. And then the the tornado doesn't really do anything to the Sentinel. And the Sentinel does like a mega drop kick. It looked like a <laughs> it literally looked like a move you'd see in Marvel versus Capcom from the Sentinel okay, yeah. in that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Once again, I say like everything that happens in these two episodes feels like the escalation that happens in video games.
1: Kitty and Rogue start to dodge. They get gelled up. Beast gets caught mid-air. He gets gelled up. And then Kurt starts to teleport away, and Toad is running the opposite direction. Like, they're in, like, <laughs> full-fledged panic mode at this point.
0: Yeah, and then Marines arrive. I we really know that because I think Toad yells that the Marines are arriving. <laughs> yes. And then Magneto does a very Magneto-in-the-movies move where he just kind of, like, gestures them away. And, yeah. Like, they magnetically get... Deflected. He uh,
1: literally night- says, "Not yet."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Nightcrawler teleports into one of the Marine helicopters and steals a grenade. Yeah. And then teleports to the Sentinel and drops it in, like his collar or something. Well,
1: yeah. It, it looked like much. it was like the shoulder of like the right arm, basically, mm-hmm. like in in, a, in a, an open gap in the in the armor. But it does also fall into the side of a building, which starts lending itself to the conversations from the previous episode of Trask of like. The mutants fight yeah. and people are caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Except for Even guys, though it's, it's his weapon, fault. It, it's yeah. their fault.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's his fault this time for instigating it. And then the, the Sentinel targets Magneto in his like HUD thing or whatever. And so much happens so quickly. Wanda sneaks up behind Magneto and Pietro, yep. takes out Pietro, and then goes for Magneto.
1: Also, I, I, I she... love how they animated her power. Yeah, like like, it was like a weird misty. It encompassed them in like a shadow as it's like picking them up. It was really cool how it was animated.
0: And Magneto is freaked. It's probably the first time you've seen him scared. Where he was like, Wanda, you have to let me go. You don't know what you're doing because he lost control. Because he was kind of like I think also deflecting the Sentinel at that time too. Yeah. So he wasn't able to deflect the Sentinel or the Marines anymore because he was in this thing that Wanda put him in. But he was still able to move because he was kind of slowly like. Creeping away, then Xavier shows up. You know, like the dude at the end of Independence Day, and just starts like shooting at the Sentinel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Randy Quaid.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Wanda basically just sends him away, so that's kind of inconsequential. Then Sentinels shoot missiles at Magneto, but because Wanda had sent away Xavier and the copter, so I guess it wasn't inconsequential. It, it's just that the reason in the story was that so Wanda would be distracted. So she, like, let up on Magneto. So Magneto's able to reverse the missiles that got shot at him by the Sentinel. And that's the only thing that takes a Sentinel out.
1: Right, its own rockets, basically. And then and the, it lands on the roof, seemingly where Magneto would be, with Wanda falling off the edge, and Kurt is able to catch her on the way down so she doesn't splat. Yeah,
0: and of course we know that Magneto's not dead, but we're supposed to think that at the time. Because yep. fell squarely on him
1: at the bottom you see the people who are left are nightcrawler toad scarlet witch lance kitty gene and storm and they're basically like we gotta leave everybody behind mm-hmm. everybody else will come back and get them so they actually yeah. have to like abandon people because they they just need to get out of there because if they don't get out of there how are they saving anybody else and this kind
0: of echoes the first episode of 92 where they're like we have to like cut our losses and do our best <laughs> next right time around yeah and then there's a series of news audio montages basically of just everything that the world has seen at this point like at, at some point they're questioning if they're aliens someone does actually bring up mutations
1: yeah there's somebody who's interviewing a senator and it's like are they men or are they monsters so it's a lot of the like How would we all react if we found out this shit was suddenly real out of nowhere? And you have no context of anything these people have done that is good. You don't Mm -hmm. know they've saved the world three times already and you were just completely unaware of it. You know, all you have is just there are these things doing actions that no normal human should be able to do and it's freaking everybody out yeah
0: and so i thought that's where it was going to end but they have one little last tag to kind of wrap things up for us but also the cliffhanger for the next season they arrive at the mansion and then we i'd almost forgot the mansion got destroyed and because the, there was the that kids. much that
1: happened in the episode
0: yeah that, that much happened and also at this point i'm kind of desensitized to the mansion getting destroyed. In well that's because you're dead episodes. inside <laughs> I'm just used to seeing it because they've had to rebuild it so many times but the kids like especially Jean's reaction is like she, she has the right reaction she's like what about the kids I'm like yes you left all the most vulnerable students in that place and so they land and she runs out and just like freaking out because everything's demolished and then Cyclops is like is specifically more torn up than everybody else like his shirt's ripped off and stuff
1: yeah it's like he was the last one to to get in there and he took some of the, the damage from it kind of scenario And I was like, how the hell did any of them survive that? And one
0: of them yells, like, Cyclops had us run into the the Cerebro room. Cyclops is visibly upset. He's ignoring everyone's celebration of surviving. Well,
1: he has a quick hug with Jean, but then you see he literally grabs her wrist and moves it out of the way. So he's (laughs) like, like, yes, I'm glad you're alive too. I have to go punch somebody. And then he roughs up Xavier and he was like
0: you you did this and and for a second I was like ah we're getting to see Cyclops we knows origin story
1: but But, understandably yeah but then we get to reveal he's like this is your fault you did this and And then the voice is changed when it says yes it is not it's like a halfway between Xavier and Mystique's voice yeah and then I was like
0: you know what that was clever I didn't see that coming even though I had made notes that Xavier was weird the last these past two episodes
1: yeah and i think my comic bias actually worked against me because i'm used to seeing the shades of gray xavier versus Mm -hmm. the like white hat xavier that you see in 92 Mm -hmm. in the movies you know
0: and that's pretty much how it ends that leaves us with the questions we've been asking you
1: have you have mystique formally revealed even though we've said it but then she says things are about to get much worse like that's the mm-hmm. fucking last thing said in this season the only real question that leaves
0: us with besides if they're going to save the team members that got jailed and captured is at what point I, god they i hope they have to
1: we have to get the flashback of when it happens when, if when not i'm going to be
0: so upset character wise it feels like from the beginning of the last episode but to your point it would make more sense of the point that she said that she was going to have to do
1: something. Yeah, the Magneto moved up her timetable yeah. basically.
0: And even logistically it would make more sense after leaving on the jet and the copter because of her setting off the DEFCON 4 thing, but guess we'll right. see. But this was a really cool way to end things. I thought last season was pretty cool with the, you know, the orb and the fight for asteroid and everything. That was cool. Season 1's that ep- season finale was cool in like the bombastic cartoon sort of way this was they obviously had all the action yep. but the actual last part with the way mystique was revealed what she said was like a narrative like exciting thing you know happen.
1: right and we we know that they were able to have more like ongoing lingering storylines in evolution than they were in 92 because outside of the first season there weren't many episode-to-episode carryover stories unless they did like a four-parter, like the Dark Phoenix and such. Mm-hmm. So but- I I totally see why this episode is one of the top-rated ones. I mean, it's great action with great choreo. You have literally a four-team story happening right now. You have the X-Men, you have the Brotherhood. You have the acolytes, and then you have this new emerging villain with Trask and the Sentinels. So
0: yeah, there was a lot of story and characters to juggle. So and you know they did it so well that I didn't notice what you pointed out that none of the acolytes spoke. I I think even nope. I thought the Gambit spoke during that kind of like fuck boy seduction scene, but it was just more of like the they gave such an impression of communication that I didn't even realize I didn't hear him speak. But yeah, it's cool. It was cool to see Gambit everybody's favorite so up up there in the ranks of favorites so and
1: well very specifically we are going to have an episode with a guest who's specifically coming for a gambit episode sadly that episode is not until season four but at least we know we're getting a bunch more gambit in the in the coming episodes
0: so yeah and i'll come up sooner than you know the past episodes because the seasons keep getting shorter from here on out i think we just ended the longest
1: (laughs) right This was the longest season, yeah.
0: Next season is just as long as the first one, and then the last season is the shortest, if I've ever saw. So we're over the halfway mark, which is wild to think of the second series.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, it's going to be hopefully soon that we're able to get into 97, but like we alluded to, we got all of the anime, which is X-Men anime, Wolverine anime. We have Wolverine and the X-Men. So we got... We got stuff. Um, I just don't know what's going to happen when we we get through all of it. Yeah,
0: we have the the video games and things, so we'll yeah. have some fun stuff coming up. Any other closing thoughts?
1: No. It, what was wild to me is the Evolution fandom wiki had the breakdown of stuff, but like there wasn't a lot of like Easter egg references or stuff like that on this episode. It was like pretty much like the comments were who appeared in the episode but didn't talk like that was literally the trivia associated to this one so
0: well that's good that they didn't cite easter eggs oh yeah that were things that were just plot points like easter gambit was in it no he was in it
1: that's not an easter egg (laughs) gambit is an acolyte this is because gambit is an acolyte
0: (laughs) Well, So, well, thanks for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, YouTube Podcasts, and CastBox. And you can't see the video, but Lucy, my cat, is eye-murdering me right now. Oh,
1: death-staring you right now.
0: We are four minutes past when I'm supposed to be feeding her wet food for the nights.
1: Yeah, we're not (laughs) going to talk much after this episode is done recording because I don't (laughs) want Rod's cat to kill him. (laughs)